So, for those of you who wind up listening to this show, I have Mr. Warren Hayes here with me, and he is one of my comrades over at FightfulSelect.com, and he also is the host of the Warren Hayes Show and, you know, doing all his reviews. Not dead, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief. So, uh, how's that been going for you, man? Like, because I've been following your Twitter, and it looks like you're going to be making your return shortly, so it was like a kind of a short-lived hiatus. Is that kind of what's going on? Yeah, there was some. There was just some stuff that needed some uh, proper looking after that I that I I just had to follow. Uh, like a weekly recap of wrestling. I'm still going to talk a lot about Raw and SmackDown because it deserves to be talked about and dissected and torn apart. But you know, I also want to be able to talk about other stuff that I really do enjoy watching as well. Not that I don't enjoy watching WWE. But, you know, like New Japan, I want to be able to talk about that more, especially especially since we're in G1 season. Are you kidding me? Like, this is the best time of year to talk about New Japan. Uh, AEW is picking up a lot of steam, so I want to be able to talk about that. You know, there's, there's just so much stuff going on outside of WWE. I just want to give myself more of an opportunity to do it. So we're going to be, it's going to be more on a weekly basis moving forward. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that as well, man. I know you have a lot of loyal fans who are also looking forward to that because uh, I know <laughs> that was really funny seeing all these people online that were like, you know, calling you dead or you know, just just kind of jabbing at you because they like listening to your to your reviews, man. They didn't want you to go. Yeah, the the, the whole Warren Hayes is dead <laughs> thing sort of went out. It it, it uh, grew into its own thing, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> some point. Uh, but no, it's it's good. It's you know it's fun. I got I have um I'm I'm blessed to have a bunch of um a bunch of people who do come to my shows and who are uh very I, I, dare I say classy. If you want to say that res- that there is a category of wrestling fan that can be classy, but really really cool people who just want to come and talk wrestling, but also also you know partake in some nonsense and it creates a really great environment. I have some. I have some wonderful moderators also, you know, on in the chat that take care of that. Uh, you know, um, I have Anthony Suter from Spark that, Kristen Ashley as well, you know, who are uh, great people who take uh, take that over. Uh, JPQ from the No Particular Podcast, uh, No Particular Angle Podcast. Blaine Mendoza, who is a fantastic guy to follow on Twitter. This guy, he lives in Miami. I don't know what he does for a living, but he trains. Like, what you see him do all the time is he's trained. And he's huge, man. He is ripped. And I keep telling everyone, since since I I keep telling everyone, my mods can beat up your mods. That's not a problem. <laughs> You'll just snap your neck if you go and get out of line. It won't be just, like, put in timeout. You'll have to be, like, put, it, put in a cast. What's going to happen? Well, that's good, having people like that having your back, so... Good stuff, man. Um, I also recently heard on one of Sean's uh, recent reviews, I think it was when he was talking Raw this past week, he put you over huge, man, said that you were the best in the world at um, reviewing shows. I mean, he said you you and uh, Jason Solomon, the, the Solomonster, like the, y'all, y'all are the best. I mean, and, and I agree, man. I, I, I'm very, very entertained by your reviews. I listen to your stuff. I listen to your reviews on uh, Fightful Select. I follow your YouTube channel, that kind of stuff. So um, I'm very honored to have you on my show today, man. And and that's got to feel good coming from someone like SRS, right? Well, I see. I I consider Sean to be in a class apart. See, it's like if anything, 
If anything, Sean has this, he has the knowledge, man. Like, he understands the moves. He knows how things work. I'm just a guy who's been watching wrestling since he was about 12 years old. And, you know, thanks to guys like, um, you know, like um, uh, uh, um, Mike Tanay during the 90s, you know, who, uh, you know, started making me understand that, okay, well, these moves have names and they, you know, they work in a certain fashion into each other. I mean, I just picked it up as I went along, but I, I don't have the, the training or the know-how or the expertise that Sean does. So, yeah, for him to say that kind of stuff, it's it's very, very touching. But, that, but you know, I can't help but just see myself, like, as a dude, that's just a, a guy who likes wrestling, who knows what he likes, and is just able to talk about it. And it, honestly, Stephen, it's my pleasure to be here because I love what you do. I think, uh, you know, you cover wrestling in a way that I can't. Because you're very... There's a, there's a, there's a, I appreciate anyone who can speak very succinctly, like just mm -hmm. wrap up ideas very, very briefly. I'm, I'm, just, I'm a windbag is what I am. So it's my, it's honestly, honestly my pleasure to be there. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, what we're here to do today is do some previews, some predictions for WWE Extreme Rules. And this is, of course, brought to you by WrestleRumble.com, one of my great sponsors here on the Fight Talk podcast. Um, I I got to pull up their prize list, actually. It's, I know first place was $500. Let me see what the rest of it is. Because if you jump on WrestleRumble.com right now, the prizes are as follows. First place, $500. Second and third both get $100. Fourth and fifth both get $50. And sixth through tenth get a free entry for the NXT TakeOver Toronto SummerSlam and AEW All Out Pick'em Contest. So, a lot of great stuff on the line. Ten people are going to win some big prizes. And, of course, that major prize, $500 for first place. I told you, Warren, um, in our direct messages, I'm going to make sure to get you an entry as well to play the game. Try your luck and get 500 bucks as well. Yeah. Um, so, once again, you know, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at WrestleRumble. Um, I could use 500 bucks. There's people very, very <laughs> close to me that could also use that 500 bucks. Dude, as could I. As could I. There's been one time. I've been playing these games even before they were a sponsor. Um, I was, you know, paying to play. And the I've won one time. I got the first place prize for... I wish I had it displayed. It's, like, behind my computer. i got to set it up to where, like, you can see it. But I won the NXT TakeOver New Orleans uh, Pick'em Contest for, you know, this past... WrestleMania, not this, you know, not this past, but I guess technically two WrestleManias ago. But, uh, yeah, and, they, and within, like, three days, I had a replica NXT championship belt at my doorstep. Like, I mean, nice. and what great stuff. I mean, and I say that because these prizes are real. I'm not, like, just some guy who's like, oh, yeah, I'm just some shill. Yeah, go play the games. Like, you might get you might get your money. You might get your prize. No, you'll get your prize, and you'll get it, like, immediately. So, you know, WrestleRumble.com is the place to be. And this show, Extreme Rules, this is an interesting, a very interesting show. Um, we got a real mixed bag of uh, of different things here. Warren, I guess before we get into the predictions, how are you feeling heading into Extreme Rules, just kind of in general? You know, there's a lot of people who are really, really down on it. I, you know, a lot of folks who, you know, just look at the ground and like, <laughs> but you know, we got. I feel like it's exactly the same energy that people had going into stomping grounds 
And Stomping Grounds was a pretty good show. True. It was a pretty, pretty good show. You, you can make a case that the uh, last few matches on the card were so-so. But, man, it, you know, it started off really, really... It started off with, like, Dynamite with the, with the New Day, uh, with the Cruiserweight match, with uh, um, uh, the, 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 the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match was fantastic as well. There was, there was a lot of good stuff on it, on a card where a lot of, that a lot of folks had written off. It was like, no, this, this is going to suck. And I feel we're, into, we're kind of into that territory, but again, there's just so many great combinations here. I'm actually expecting it to be better than Stomping Grounds because there's too many interesting matchups with quality people, talented people. Quality people is a weird thing to say. Talented <laughs> people. Um, I, I I agree that the build-up to some of these might be a little weird, but ultimately, Stephen, when we think back of, at when we think back at pay-per-views and matches, we don't think about the build-up. We think about the match, right? And regardless of how the build-up went, it's always going to be the match. How this in time is that's how it's going to survive. It's not the it's not necessarily the storyline. It's the match that's going to survive. I couldn't agree more. Um, well, let's get into some of the matches, man. Uh, the first one I've got here. Now, I don't think that anything's been announced as far as, like, what's going to be on the pre-show versus what's going to be on the main show. So we'll just go, like, straight through them here. Sure. Um, first one I've got is the Revival versus the Usos. we got the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. Um, Warren, I, we'll, we'll do a trade-off. Like, you'll, you'll go first and I'll go first. We'll just do it that way. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you start off. Uh, what are you thinking about this match? Kind of, how do you feel going into it, and who wins? Look, I, I this is I think this is per, this perfectly encapsulates exactly what I was saying about who cares about the buildup to just give us the match. The Usos and the Revival are two of the best tag teams on the planet right now. They are both top five, arguably top five, and easily top ten teams in the world right now. Uh, what they do to paraphrase. Or actually, directly quote Sean recently, uh, Sean Rossap. What they do together is art. They just work really, really well together because they are four guys who are at the top level, the top tier of their game. This is going to be this has look. There is no reason for this match to not be excellent. There you go. I couldn't agree more. Who do you got as your prediction? Who wins? I think the revival retain though. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the Revival retain. It's much more interesting for the Usos to chase, in my opinion. Uh, and I I feel like, you know, with the we're rich thing that the Revival has just started, you know, on Twitter, you know, blowing off money, spending a million dollars at Starbucks, stuff like that. I think they're finally starting to get some kind of groove as far as uh, character development goes. So I think they, they're probably going to want to, they being creative, will probably want to push that a little bit more. I... I the, and the titles look good on Scott and Dash. So, yeah, I think I think they retain. I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to go with the Revival as well. Um, and there seems to be a corner that's been turned with them recently. Like, you know, of course there's the reports that were out there about them wanting out of the WWE. And now and then, like, a bunch of really weird thing with, things were happening with them. Like, the whole shaving their back thing and all that stuff. The, all that just weird stuff. The, the icy hot to the balls, you know, all that, all that stuff. Don't remind me. <laughs> right. Right. And that's a, in my opinion, it was really bad. If I was, like, five years old, maybe it would have been funny. Like, I don't know. But, um, 
it's one of those things where something's clearly changed, right? Even at five years old, you don't understand the icy hot thing. You can't because you don't. You're not there yet as far as your as as far as your anatomy goes. You're you're not there yet. Maybe maybe if you're twelve, you might think it's funny. You know. True, and as and as somebody who, in full disclosure, I'll just say it. I'll tell you, Warren, and anyone who listens to the show, I'm a very big fan of the green bottle. Um, what's that stuff called? The powder. Uh, I use it all the uh, time, and I can't think of the name of it. Um, Gold Bond. Oh, and, okay. And and if you mess that up, like if you don't know the ratio you're going for, or like you do it like right out of the shower when you're a little bit wet, I know that feeling. I'm, I've messed it up a few times, and I know what the revival was going through, and it is not comfortable. So you know, some you know, just a little something stupid there for everybody to you know laugh at or say, Steve, what an idiot." But that all to to say, I'm gonna go with the revival as well as well, and I really think that they really have turned a corner. Like they've gone from a team that I felt was just getting jobbed out left and right to you know legitimate champions once again. So I'll go with them too. Yeah. Um, up next, I have Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. This is a last man standing match. I mean, obviously, you know, the most interesting thing that's gone on with them lately is them crashing through the LED boards on Raw, um, which, you know, I I feel like that was the first big sign of Paul Heyman having a, a say in the show. Um, and I, it, by, no one can see this. Me and Warren can see each other, but you guys can't. Warren's nodding in agreement, and it's something where, like, that just seemed so out of character for, like, Raw for, like, the last handful of years to see the show start with a match. And not only just start with a match, with none of that extra, you know, 20 minutes of, of just talking about stuff people don't want to hear and then, like, maybe getting a match later on. It was just, boom. Raw starts, here's a match. And not only was a match, they beat the hell out of each other and then crashed the LED board. I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved it. And that was coming off of a bunch of just... just bad stuff in my opinion like i wasn't into the the tug of war and the arm wrestling it's like what's that really do for someone like stroman or lashley that got my interest they go through the board boom now i care and now it looks like stroman's a monster again and it looks like lashley can can take a beating again and and the way he took out Rey mysterio on raw on monday just like it was nothing they built this pretty well in my opinion um and i have to pick stroman i feel like I feel like that's just where they're going to go. I feel like Strowman's the kind of guy who, who can't keep taking L's. Um, whereas, to be honest, I'm a bigger fan of Bobby Lashley, like as just like an overall professional wrestler. But I don't see the WWE putting Lashley over Strowman in this scenario because they need to rebuild him to that point that he was at where people thought maybe he could be the next you know, replacement almost for Roman Reigns, like that next guy. So I'm going to go with Braun Strowman. What about you, Warren? Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> they they have to go with the uh, they have to go with Strowman again. Uh, what I what I like about what I liked about the uh, the the LED segment, the the electrocution. Uh, what I, what I thought was really fun there was that it was we were back to giving Braun Strowman over the top situations. You know, just this crazy stuff that he's involved in, tearing down the rigging, the set rigging. Flipping, uh, uh, fl- flipping uh, ambulances over, you know that kind of just uh, uh, crazy stuff that you just don't expect any, you don't expect normal people to go through. Well, he does it. He can pull it off. I, you know, I thought that the 
I didn't I didn't think the the arm wrestling and the the tug of war were so bad because they were really short and Lashley was just being such a he was being such a jerk about it, you know, like you know, just throwing the powder into into Strowman's face for the, the arm wrestling and then just spearing him when he was losing the 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 tug of war. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good, smart character development for for Lashley. You know, it was like, well, I obviously cannot, I can't, I can't outdo the guy, so I've got to be sneaky with him. I thought it was fine because, especially since the segments were really short. Sure, sure. I, I I thought it was okay, and since it did build to this to this moment, I think, sure, it's fine. Um, and I I'm looking forward to this match because they're two big guys slap each other around and if they really do go all out and really make this a proper last man standing that doesn't necessarily end within eight minutes you know what i mean sure it should be a lot of fun i couldn't agree more good stuff man um in this i feel like this is kind of a sleeper because there are some really good matches on this show that we're going to get to but if both of these guys have the right kind of match and get the right kind of time, I really think that this could really be something special if, if you know they go out there and have that kind of opportunity. So, and and if they're motivated, and 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 why wouldn't they be motivated? Uh, why wouldn't they be motivated at this point? You know, if 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 Braun, if they're if they're if they're done uh, wondering what to do with Braun, and they just go all in on him again like they did. Uh, in 2017, gosh, it's, it's already been that long. Uh, and uh, if they um, if they do that, and they uh, and they finally give something that Lashley can really sink his teeth into, well, why wouldn't they be motivated? Why wouldn't they want to try and steal the show to a certain extent? I'm I'm looking forward to this. It should be a lot. Of fun. All right. Next up, we got Ricochet defending the United States Championship against AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a great matchup. We've seen it a couple weeks, um, you know, the last few weeks on Raw, uh, but they get a big stage here on a pay per view. Warren, what are your thoughts on this and who wins? Uh, I've I've said you know say, saying to myself for the past couple of weeks, you know, they're holding back, they're holding back. Ricochet and Styles right now, they're holding back, and this is the reason why they're holding back because this all led to the reformation of the club. Uh, we have a we have clear battle lines that have been drawn. We have two fantastic workers, AJ, who can more than still go. He's still there. It's fine. With Ricochet, who was a guy who was in the past admitted to looking up to AJ Styles, like just even before talking about it in his promos on Raw. This should be fun as hell. And just, just the idea of having heel AJ Styles, Bullet Club, Bullet Club Styles back. That just adds all the all the the spice to this match that's needed. It look, there's no reason. Again, this is another match where you're like this. No reason we cannot be entertained here, and you can tell they're ready to go all out and do some crazy spots. They did a Styles Clash off the second rope a couple of weeks ago, which is not something that WWE necessarily likes to do. You know, these really potentially dangerous moves that expose. Uh, the performers' bodies like that, Ooh. you know, and it looks like next thing we know we'll have, you know, Steiner lines and muscle busters on WWE <laughs> TV again. I might be exaggerating slightly, but I mean, you know, that you feel like they're uh, they're given carte blanche here to do more stuff, to be a little unsafe, 
and I'm okay with that. Like I don't want I don't want them to to, to injure themselves. I don't want them to be taken out. But I mean, it's it's good that this that we've been teased with the fact that they're ready to just lay into each other and pull out some crazy shit. That I'm, it's something I'm really looking forward to. Who do you think takes the W? That's that's the tough one. Isn't it's really it? tough. That, yeah, that's the that's really the tough one. Um, it really depends how they want to book this. Now, if you were telling, if you were saying Warren Hayes, how would you book this? You book the club as as a dominant faction, like it's supposed to be, like like the Bullet Club, the New Japan Bullet Club. They'll come in, they'll screw everything up, and they'll get the W. But they screwed everything up. They just managed to completely wipe everything up. And then you have them go on a tear, not just on Ricochet, but throughout, all over Raw. That's what you do. You start collecting members. You, you're, you know, a, a sort of a new NWO. You, you know, just sure, sure. create a dominant stable, which is something that main roster would 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 need it'd be fun to have a real dominant stable out there but for that they have to you know aj styles has to win but ricochet has had his ass handed to him a couple of times i kind of feel like he's going to retain but um it's a hard one to call but i'm gonna go with my gut i'm gonna say aj styles should win besides it'd be it the chase here for Ricochet to get his title back would be much more entertaining. Much, much more entertaining. So, I'm with you on everything you said, man. Like, it's it's a very, very hard one to call for for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, and also, you know, that, that Silas Clash has come a long way on WWE TV. Like, I've heard those interviews with Chris Jericho talking about when AJ came in and they were feuding. Vince was like, you cannot use this move. And Jericho fought really hard to get him to use it. Vincent Mann, I'm assuming, probably saw the spot where Yoshitatsu got rolled under and had, you know, his neck really messed up from it. And it's one of those things where, like, now we're seeing it from the second from the second turnbuckle, so, like, they might whip out some stuff we haven't seen in a while. Maybe AJ, even though he's a he's a heel, maybe he whips out the, uh, the spiral tap. Like, maybe we see that, you know, just because it's him and Ricochet and he hasn't yeah. used that move, yeah. you know, like, you never know. Um, and also, part of what makes me lean towards AJ is just that hope and that in knowing like okay finn balor already has the ic title like if you got finn balor with the ic title and he joins up and you got aj styles with the u.s title like you got both these guys with kind of those same level championships you've got gallows and anderson that are always going to be in that tag team title mix now that it seems like they've you know re-signed with the company and at some point I don't know who else you bring on, but maybe you get some other dude who's like kind of that world heavyweight title level, and you start collecting, you start collecting championships amongst the club. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult for me to to choose against Ricochet because he's a newer champion, and the company seems to be really really high on him right now. But they turned AJ heel, and I feel like they have to go all the way with him right now, like. I'd, I'd prefer to see AJ in the world title mix. Like, if it was him with, like, the Universal title or had a shot at the WWE title, I'd rather see him at that level personally because I think he's still he's still in that mix for, you know, one of the best in, in the world in, in any company. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the U.S. title, it's not like the U.S. title sucks either. I mean, it, it's a good thing to be U.S. champion, and 
So I'm going to go with AJ Styles as well. Um, and he also has that added benefit of having the club having his back. So even they can make Ricochet still look good because, you know, we could see some shenanigans from the club. We might even see that Finn Balor, you know, maybe he joins up and costs Ricochet. Like, you never know. I just have so much hope, as so many other fans do, that it's like, it's right here, WWE. Like, you have Balor. He's right there. Mm-hmm. You can make this a four-man group and continue to add members like you mentioned, Warren, and really make this something special. So I'm going to go with AJ as well. Yeah. Could you imagine, you know, could you imagine a world where AJ Styles couldn't use the Styles Clash? Could you imagine that? I mean, they pull out the you know, on occasion, Tanahashi will pull out the, the Styles Clash in New Japan and we'll get a huge pop from the crowd. You know, it's like, it's just, it, it's so iconic to AJ now. You know what I mean? It's weird to think about. Sure. And it's something that it's cool that, like, they've kind of made it more special because he uses the phenomenal forearm so often that, like, he doesn't always need the Styles Clash. So when he hits the Styles Clash, it's like, oh, yeah, this is game over. And if someone kicks out of it, it's like, what? Someone kicked out of the Styles Clash? So, uh, so I'm with you. Like, honestly, my heart is telling me Ricochet on this one, but, like, my mind is just kind of overthinking it to the point of, like, it makes too much sense to keep AJ looking good right now after, you know, this heel turn and, and the club reforming. So I've got to go with AJ. Um, That's good. I'm, I agree. Completely agree. After that, we got Aleister Black versus Cesaro. Um, this is a God ma- damn! <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a really great match. Um, I mean, as far as the prediction goes, I feel like I have to pick Alistair. Like, they've been building up him talking in a dark room for, you know, months now. Um, but they've also, I mean, they have been building Cesaro recently. But unfortunately, I feel like they're building him for this specific match to look pretty good going into it and then lose Alistair Black, who they're going to push more than Cesaro. So that's about it. I mean, as far as technical stuff goes, like, I think this match could be fantastic, and, and I would actually love if Cesaro won, personally, just because I've been waiting for so long for him to finally get this this push that people have been waiting for, but I can't go against Aleister Black right now. I'm going to take Black. What do you think, Warren? Uh, I, this is the uh, this is the no-brainer of the card, honestly. You can probably make a case for anyone on this card, but th- this right here is the no-brainer. They've been building Aleister Black for way too long. Uh... Uh, and I think it's I, I, Cesaro is a perfect opponent. You know, there he's tall, he's strong, he is not afraid to dish it out, he's not afraid to to to, to receive it as well. Uh, you know, Alistair for his first singles outing needs to pull out his big striking game. Cesaro is the perfect guy to 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 just suck it in. You know, uh, this no, it's a it's a great combination, and I agree. Cesaro was being built up for this, and that that's fine. I think I, you know, uh, as far as you know, I think Cesaro's career at this point is this is where he's at. He had a fat, you know, great run with the bar. Uh, you know, let him get a couple of wins once in a while. Then you know, uh, a couple of wins once in a while. A uh, couple of a uh, couple of matches where you know he he he's uh, he's served up for someone. I'm okay with that. I'm sure he's okay with it as well. Um, sure. I'd love to see a Cesaro WWE Championship run at some point because 
you know, I, you, you know, I'm sure it's the same case with, with you. We, we've seen him, you know, we've been following him easily since NXT where he was essentially a God. Yeah. Even before that, for sure. Like, like PWG and all that stuff, man. Like, I mean, just, yeah. Ring of Honor. We remember, you know, how fantastic he is. So, you know, to longtime uh, viewers, acknowledgers of his career, um, you know, we'd all figured that at this point, Cesar would have had multiple runs with the uh, with the with the a world championship in WWE. It hasn't been the case, but I mean, if he's going to be the guy to kickstart Aleister Black's main roster career, who is another guy, I'm a huge Aleister Black guy. It, this is another guy who deserves it all on on Maine as well. So if Cesaro's the guy to kick it off, I'm completely okay with it. Uh, and uh, and regardless, you know, regardless of the outcome, regardless of what where Cesaro goes from here, this is going to be a this is going to be a fantastic match. This should be a great, striking, a strong, striking fight. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um... The only thing about it that confuses me, though, is, like, Alistair's been built this whole time as a heel, right? Like, with, like, all those promos, it's, he seems very heelish in what he's saying. Is does, it, or, he? does he? I don't know. I, I felt like he did. But maybe, maybe not. I just, I don't know. I just kind of, kind of, like, kind of got that vibe from him. And then, like, we have Cesaro, who, I mean, I guess is kind of doing the same thing. Like, taking out No Way Jose, like, it's nothing and stuff like that. But... I don't know. Is, is is he not like is is Alistair really? I don't know. I don't know. He, he to to me to me doesn't come across really as as heelish. More like I just want to fight. Look, I, here's another example <laughs> of who cares about the buildup. This was stupid. Sure. You know. Sure. You know. Regardless, it's it was dragged on way too long. You know, classic WWE storytelling where. They give you. They want to give you the illusion that there's storyline progression, but there's not because week after week it's the same thing. And then there's the knock on the door. And I was chatting with Alex, Alex Polowski, and Alex was like, "You want to bet that next week they're not going to reveal who was at the door?" And guess what? The week after, no. You know, Alex was like, "Oh, you knocked at the door, but no one was there." Like, oh, come on! <laughs> Took us an extra week to find out that it was Cesaro. You know, it's like, it's just. You know the the buildup was stupid. We're uh, we'll see what they do with Alistair. I think Alistair can work either either way, uh, heel or babyface. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. But I mean he has he has so much in ring charisma. I think it's it, it'll be tough to get him to to get him over as a heel regardless. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you there for sure. Um, it was funny because I think it was. I don't know if it was Sean or Alex when they were talking earlier this week. They were like, so Cesaro, like, ding-dong ditched him? But I did think it was great that uh, Cesaro tweeted out, I'm the one who knocks. And I thought it was great because I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan and seeing that line was pretty cool. So, um, good stuff there. And, I, and I'm with you 100%. Like, I think this match is going to rule. And if they get enough time, I think, I think they're going to make the most out of this and, and really put on something special. Um, up next, we have a triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We have the champions, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, 
defending against the New Day, the combination of Big E and Xavier Woods, and Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker. Uh, is this on me or this is on you, right? Yeah, this is on you. Um, what are you thinking about this match? Uh, and who wins, Warren? I I I I think it's a tough one again. Um, you know why? <laughs> Do you know why? You know why it's tough? Because they did a really, really, really good job building heavy machinery. Yes, they have. Yeah. And I'm surprised because I really thought that they were going to go down the uh, the bushwhacker road with them. You know, just have them be just this idiotic, moronic combination. But, and, and, and especially since they were referencing them, you know, saying, oh, the bushwhackers, you know, their favorite, te-, you know, because they, at some point they walked down the ring doing the bushwhacker arm thing. And then commentary would say, oh, the bushwhackers, oh, Totus and, oh, and Hawker. <laughs> Otis and Tucker's favorite tag team. Like, mm-hmm, sure. But uh, they've actually been able very, very successfully to allow the nonsense from Otis to, to have its part, but also create them as, or position them as credible threats. And that's, that's it, it, it could have been really, really easy for them to just like focus on Otis gyrating his hips and saying, I'm coming. <laughs> it could have been really, really easy for them to just focus on that and then move on. But it's, they, they've actually done a really good job building them up. Um, I don't think they're going to win, but I could be surprised because, like I said, they've been building them up really, really well. I think I think it would be really cool for the entire New Day to have, to have gold. Yeah. I think that would be really, really cool to give... Uh, to give the new day another tag team uh, run because not to take anything away from Kofi, his effort, his work ethic and what he put into what he's doing. But Biggie and Xavier Woods are just as responsible for Kofi's uh, championship run as Kofi is like he, they have been the perfect hype men for him. They completely invested themselves into getting Kofi over since uh, Elimination Chamber. So, you know, I would, it, it, it would make sense to me for them to end up with the titles as a congratulatory, thank you, good job guys kind of uh, reward, you know? But then Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan are so fun as well as the champs. And then if they lose the titles, what do you do with them? Right. And that's the conundrum with Daniel Bryan as a whole right now. It's like if Daniel is not in a title picture, what do you do with Daniel Bryan? There's no room for him yet on uh, for for the, the the WWE championship, not yet. Um I don't know. Like it it it's a tricky one. It's it's really really a tricky one, but I am going I'm going to say Rowan and and uh, Rowan and Brian retain by the skin of their teeth. They're going to retain. I, I I'm with you there again. Like, because the only other thing they can do with Daniel Bryan is like maybe put him in the IC title picture. Like him and Balor could be could be good. Mm-hmm. But like, 
I mean, I I think that I think that, I mean, it's it's very tough. It really is. Like, because Daniel Bryan and Rowan, I think have been a really good tag team. Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, is still one of the best wrestlers on the planet for any company. So. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't the tag team champion, like I'd want to see him in the WWE title picture, but we were pretty much coming off of him being the champion and, and losing it to Kofi Kingston, so it's like you're not going to go back to that well. It's at least not right now. I still feel like I still feel like the Big E heel turn is coming at some point. Like no, no. I, I really do. I really do. Oh, no, Steve, hey, but but hey, but listen, listen, I've. I've been saying that though for like four years, <laughs> so like, <laughs> so 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 it's like, yeah. And I'm dude, I'm not saying I necessarily want it. I'm just saying, I I would. It's almost one of these like double-edged swords because they built Kofi so well as champion. Like he keeps winning, and and he's defending the title often. So I really like that. And I feel like they can maybe get themselves into a position where it's like Kofi actually legitimately takes out all the contenders and keeps that title. And when you finally least expect it, his own dude is the one who who goes for it. No. You don't think look, so? There's look, there is right there 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 is no friendship in wrestling that that exists that transcends right. There's always something except the new day. Right. I refuse to believe that the New Day would turn on each other. They're, it's just, they're just way too successful as a trio. They just work so well. And there has to be the, the, this one, there has to be the, 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 the archetype, the prototype. Call it what you, what you want, you know? There has to be this one reference. It's like, well... Every friendship in wrestling has always been doomed to fall apart, except for the New Day. I really do, because I like it. None of them would have got over the way they did had it not been for their cult, for their collaboration. It was just perfect, per- and it still is perfect. M- m- sure, we're fed up with the pancake. Fine, <laughs> sure, but they'll move on to something else. Yeah. You know, we were done with the unicorns for a while. We were done with the bootios for a while, you know. They're, but they'll find something else. And every time they come to the ring, every time they cut the promos, their promos, it works. It's always fun. It's never like, ugh, what are they going to say again? No. It's always just a little snide remark. Always a little fourth wall breaking, but never very blatant. You know, and Biggie with his innuendo. And, 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 and it works. <laughs> it just works. And I have to believe that there is such a thing of, as friendship and wrestling. Damn it, Stephen, I have to. Okay. Hey, fair enough, Warren. Fair enough. Um, hey, and I, I, I agree though. Like, I really do. It would be nice to see a friendship like actually just last in pro wrestling. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, as far as heavy machinery goes, I think that they're overperforming, like in a good way. Like, I really, and and it isn't because like they're limited and incapable. It's just, just like what you were saying. When they first came out, and she, they're coming out and like hitting on like Lacey Evans, like whatever they were doing. When like they were just coming out to the front and doing the bushwhacker stuff, it, it was like, oh no, like this this isn't looking good. They they kind of remind me. I don't know if it's a good comparison or not, but I was a huge WCW fan growing up. Um, and there was a team called Disorderly Conduct, Mean Mike and Tough Tom. And for whatever reason, like they really remind me of them. 
But that's but that's a good thing. Like, cause cause they were they were kind of like the perennial like WCW Saturday Night tag team. Like they never really got the big push. But I feel like the Heavy Machinery feels like kind of a throwback to me. They're kind of like that that like eighties nineties tag team, and I like it. If you if you look at Otis Otis Dozovich and you 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 say to yourself he is he is a throwback he's a pastiche of a late eighties early nineties wrestler he works perfectly yeah because he is I he is a throwback he is entirely a throwback and and uh, and Tucker he's he can go he's really good and he's he's always been the overachiever. Uh, during the run in NXT, always has been, I, and we haven't even seen half of what he can do yet. That guy moonsaults like it's nothing. So, uh, I'm look. This is going to be a great match because you have you have six really talented guys in the ring. Again, there's this this is a no brainer. It should be a lot of fun. I agree, and I am officially going to go with Daniel Bryan and Rowan to retain. I'm going to go with that as my prediction. Um, up next, we have Drew Gulak versus Tony Neese. Uh, Drew Gulak yeah. defending his WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with Gulak to retain. He's He won the title recently. Tony Neese is the most recent champion. It just kind of makes sense for, for Gulak to continue his run. And he's somebody that, you know, I I liked as well for, for quite a while. I It's going to sound very strange, but my, the first time I ever became familiar with Drew Gulak was through a YouTube series called The Gentleman's Club. And I don't know if you know about this or remember it at all. So, and essentially, the the YouTube series The Gentleman's Club, which you can find on YouTube right now, it's actually still really, it's actually even more funny now seeing where all these people wound up. But it's pretty much what the predecessor to what Being the Elite became. Like, it's this YouTube series that Chuck Taylor used to run. And in oh, the, oh. the group of the Gentlemen's Club was Chuck Taylor, uh, Drew Gulak, um, Orange Cassidy, and I can't remember who else was in there with those guys. But Gulak was, like, a part of this, like, group, and they used to do these really funny skits, and, like, the Young Bucks used to show up in it, a bunch of uh, Sammy Zayn or, you know, El Generico, and, like, all those kind of guys would, like, show up in this. It was this little web series that you can definitely tell, like, the Young Bucks, like, took that idea and just, like, went, you know, way farther with it. But that's kind of where I knew Drew Gulak from, was, like, he was this kind of, like, lackey on the Gentleman's Club. And now to see him, you know, kind of follow his career, the catch point stuff and all that, and then, you know, doing what he's doing now. So it is really good to see where he's at, and he's always been a really solid worker. So um, I'm glad to see him with the championship. My prediction is Drew Gulak. What do you think, Warren? Uh, Drew Gulak is one of my favorite wrestlers, period. He is, uh, and it's interesting. I, 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 I'll, I'll have to check that out because it's interesting, especially when you consider that not that long ago, Drew Gulak was a lackey to Enzo Amore as well. Yes. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's really interesting. Um, you know, the, um, I, last year, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cover 205 Live for Fightful. Yes, right? you do. Uh, and last year, I kept saying how 2018 would be Tony Nese's year. Tony Nese would have a breakout year. People would realize how fantastic he was because he's always been fantastic. He was just never given the wiggle room to explode. And he did this year. I, I still doubt 
the logic of having him be cruiserweight champion because as good as he is i always find that he doesn't quite connect with the audience as easily as a guy like cedric alexander could or buddy murphy could sure. um there was just a little something missing from tony niece's championship run and especially they decided to to babyface him which i don't think suits him you know and I'm, this has nothing to do with his in-ring work. He's solid. He is so stellar in everything he does. It's just his, his championship run, I'm kind of glad it was cut short because it was a little uninspiring. Drew Gulak, on the other hand, it's overdue. He has been not only solid, but an anchor for 205 Live. He is an extraordinary wrestler. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I like the idea of him, of his character development and going forward saying like, you know, I wanted to have a, a better 205 live, but you know, now it's time to have a better Drew Gulak like that. Okay. I can buy into that. That makes sense. Uh, he's definitely retaining because, uh, because he, he, he's, he can be the beast that they want him to be. And, uh, and they don't hot potato the title. They just don't. They've never, ever hot potatoed the title, except when Akira Tozawa won it for a couple of weeks. And then, was it was it against uh, Neville? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Neville? he, he won it right? from Neville, I think, like, on Raw, in kind of, like, a big upset, and then lost it right back to Neville, yeah. At the pay-per-view, I think, like, a couple of yes. weeks later, something yep. like that. So, you know, aside from that, they, they just don't hot potato the title. Uh, so, and, and I mean, and I mean, if there's one guy who deserves a long extended run, it's Drew Gulak. So yeah, he's, he's definitely retaining, but this should also be fun as hell. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, the next match we got here, Bailey defending the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship in a handicap match against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Warren, you may be able to clarify this because I'm honestly not sure. I don't know if. Like, if Nikki gets the pin, like, if she becomes the champion, or if, like, no matter what, Alexa wins the title, I'm not sure how, how this works. Um, I'd imagine that whoever gets the pin or well, the submission gets the belt. I... Well, you know, she said at the contract signing, which, by the way, if I never see a contract signing segment again on a wrestling program, it will be too soon. <laughs> yes. Because nothing says... Hard-hitting excitement than contract signings and people sitting on armchairs and talking to each other. Um, she said, uh, Nikki said that uh, if they if she won, she and Alexa would become co-champions. Oh, okay. I must have kind of zoned out because for that exact reason, where like this well, yeah, was I going mean, on, I was like, okay, I'm gonna look at my phone. Like, <laughs> okay. I'll get, I'll get, yeah, I'll get a drink. Yeah, right. Um, but that's what she said. But of course, if that happens, we know what's really going to happen. And Alexa Bliss is going to be like, ah, ah, I'm the only champ here, right? Right. That's what's going to happen ultimately. Um, there's there's so many ways that I would have liked this storyline to play out, other than how it is currently being played out, like Nikki Cross actually turning out to be this manipulative genius that it was actually playing Alexa Bliss all along, you know, 
and then turning this match into like a triple threat match. That would have been fantastic. You know, it's like she gets to pick the stipulation. Oh, it's a triple threat match. And then you have a vignette backstage with with Alexa. It was like, Nikki, what the hell? A triple threat? And Nikki just gives her one of... Because she's, she's nuts. Yeah, sure. Right? Nikki Grass is supposed to be nuts. Maybe a little less now on Raw, but... You know, she's supposed to be crazy, so why wouldn't she just do something chaotic and unpredictable like that? Um, I I think, I, you know, I I think it's an interesting story that they're telling here. You know, I like, I, since the get-go of the Alexa Bliss versus Bailey feud, aside from the fact that Alexa is a Raw superstar and Bailey is SmackDown Women's Champion, aside from that, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of them bringing back this feud that Bailey has this monkey on her back that she has to try and and, and get rid of uh, that it's not the same Bailey as uh, 18 months ago when uh, Alexa and her were feuding you know she's much more focused a little more badass I like where they're going with this you know I'm hoping for some kind of surprise payoff to this but uh, I my prediction, Bailey retains, and the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross story falls apart. Alexa turns on Nikki and beats the shit out of her. Nikki realizes she's been had, and then we get an Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross feud, which would be really good because I because I want the women, I, I want I want women's matches on Raw and SmackDown. I want that don't necessarily involve the title. Because for the longest time, WWE was like, well, we can only... Uh, it seemed like all they could book were women's title matches and all the other women sort of fell to the wayside. Sure. On SmackDown right now, you have Ember Moon and Fire and Desire having their own little mini thing, which which, which is, I think is good. Then you have the title picture. You have other women involved in the title picture. Let's have the same thing on Raw. Let's have Alexa and Nikki go after each other and have Becky fight whoever, not Lacey Evans, but we'll get into that. <laughs> sure. Have, have Becky fight whoever then for the title uh, on her end, but just give more depth to the women's roster because their women's roster is already so deep. That's the thing. So, yeah, so I'm okay with it. I think, I, like, Bailey's going to win and Alexa Bliss uh, is, going to, uh, is, is going to bring Nikki Cross's world crashing upon her. Well, Warren, I'm surprised, man. I'm a little disappointed in you because, yeah, I know your eyes just go, what, what, what? Because I know you're like a huge proponent of women's wrestling. Like you're, you're a dude who like you're into this. You just, you just said it better than I ever could about how they need to, you know, put credibility on things that aren't. But you didn't even mention there are more titles for the women, and we just never know anything about them. There, there's this smack or I say SmackDown. There's these women's tag team titles. What are because they aren't featured on the show, Warren. We don't have any women's tag team titles matches on this show. In fact, we hardly ever see them get defended at all. I just well, want to get your quick, quick opinion on those belts. Uh, look, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a shame. It's a shame, is what it is. I really feel like they were. At this point, it really feels like it was Vince McMahon feeling like he was being generous and tossing them a bone. 
you know? Yeah. And being like, all right, ladies, and then that's it. Because all these promises of, you know, being brand agnostic, going to even to NXT, yeah. I was looking forward to this, but look, I, you're, I'm just as clueless as everyone else as it pertains to these titles. Maybe, maybe the Sasha Banks thing just threw a monkey wrench into their plans. That could be. It could be that they had all this set up, and uh, and Sasha got really, really into the situation that she's in right now. For and, sure. And it just, and, and they were like, "Well, we don't know exactly where to go with this." But I mean, look, when the titles came out, and they started talking, when Sasha and Bailey had the titles, and oh, we could go to NXT. In the meantime, in NXT, you had Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai who were tagging. I was like, this is what we should have for at TakeOver in New Orleans. Right. Uh, not yeah. New Orleans, uh, uh, in New York. Yeah, right. We should have Sasha and Bailey versus the Sky Pirates. That would be amazing. We didn't get it. Probably never will leave. <laughs> but, I mean, look, it, it's, it's a tragedy, but I don't have any explanations. I don't have... Aside from the fact that I think the Iconics are entertaining as hell, but that's regardless of the titles or not. Right. And it's a shame because they had a really great opportunity to do some great things uh, and give some more shine to to women who aren't on television, Liv Morgan. Um, but no, the, the, the titles are just like, they're floundering. Hell, they couldn't even promote them properly three weeks ago. They were saying Kyrie and uh, and um, and Oscar were going to have a match against the uh, against the Iconics in Tokyo the week after, and it took them two weeks to bring us up to speed on TV as to what happened. Oh, by the way, two weeks ago, you know that match we told you about three weeks ago? It happened two weeks ago, and oh, by the way, Oscar and Kyrie won. So. They they're up for a title shot. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's really sad. It is sad. It is. Sad. And I just, obviously, I'm just poking a little fun at you because, like, I know that I know this is something you're passionate about, and it's something that it's frustrating as a just a wrestling fan in general when you see this kind of stuff going on with, especially with new titles, like titles that like are very, they're not really even established yet. Like they were starting to become established with uh, Sasha and Bailey, and I really didn't have a problem with. Uh, the Iconics winning the titles, like because no. they are, they are good characters on on TV, but since then it's like it's they just a been, joke. They would have been perfect foil, you know, just foil for for Sasha and Bailey, because because Sasha and Bailey had the credibility as being real competitors, the first champs, so on and so forth. And the Iconics, well, they're they're shifty. You're not quite sure what their role is. You know, they they would have been just, it would have been. Perfect, but instead, you know, they decide to. Don't forget the they had tossed Nia Jackson to mean into that mess as well. You know, it's yeah. like they did. They weren't. They're 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 weren't good decisions made from the get go. Why wasn't the Riot Squad, you know, involved in that WrestleMania match? Why wasn't Fire and Desire involved? That they were a team at that point as well. There were so many other options than. I mean, I was okay with Natalia and uh, Beth Phoenix doing a thing. That was all right. But Natalia and then Tamina, man, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, and Natalia and Nia Jackson. Yeah, man. no, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Um, yeah, I, I, and this isn't a dig on Tamina. I'm just going to mention it because 
you're here and you're a big fan of women's wrestling and, you know, might as well say, because you mentioned Tamina. I don't know if I've ever seen a women's wrestler that was so bad at, like, the three moves she does. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. Where it's like, where it's like you do, like, the super kick and the super flash. And, like, you do this, you do it because, like, you know, you're Samoan and you're also, the, you know, related to Jimmy Snuka. But it's like, I mean... I'm no pro wrestler. Like I have, I can't really say like I'd do a better job. I really can't because I couldn't. I'm I'm not them. But it's like if you're gonna do a superfly splash, please stop landing on your feet before you hit the ground. Like please, come on. You you're you're. I mean, Jimmy Snuka is is who popularized that move. Like if you're gonna take that move and bring yeah. it to this new generation, please just come on. And 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 if you're gonna do a super kick at least make it look like you can get your foot up. You know, it's, oh, I don't know, you it's know, tough. To, to her defense, like, recent, to her defense these days, she's banged up. Like, she's banged up hardcore. That, that, fair you enough, know? sure. I, we'd ha- probably have to go back to some of her younger days, earlier matches, to see if she if she pulled it off at at some point. But I, I know what you mean. It's like when Nia Jax does a Samoan drop. Oh, she has to do a Samoan drop because she's Samoan. Right. But, you know, this you're not supposed to land your opponent on their shoulder, like on just on the one shoulder, Naya. You're supposed to get them on the flat <laughs> of their back, Naya. Stop hurting people, Naya. Jesus. Uh, Naya, Naya doesn't have any excuses. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, As far as the prediction goes for that match. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess... <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, fuck, you know, fuck this match. We're just, we're just keep roasting on Nia and Tamina. Um, I, uh, it's like a big part of me wants to go with Alexa and Nikki just to see where it goes, but it's also like, I, I, I mean, it, it isn't that Bailey doesn't deserve the title. We get, we just does. Bailey's great. Everyone knows that. But part of it too was almost like, for me at least, okay, Sasha bailed on us. We got to do something with you. Like, you stuck around. Like, you stayed here even though you're pissed off also. Let's give you this belt. And I feel like at least they're putting her in kind of a position where maybe maybe she holds on to this belt for a while and, like, has a really good run with it. And and that's what I'm hoping for because I do like Bailey. So, and I like Bailey. And I like Alexa and Nikki, too. I'm a huge Alexa Bliss fan. I think that, well, like, when she got called up from NXT, I felt like I was one of the few people that was, like, She's going to be a massive star. And a lot of people were like, well, she didn't ever really do much in NXT. She was more of like a manager. She did kind of the sparkle thing. And, and I was like, but she has everything that the company looks for. Like, she's good on the microphone. She's incredibly attractive. And she she kind of represents for like the small chicks too. Like, she's a very short girl. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and is super entertaining and, and very believable what she does. That all being said, I mean, I feel like I have to go with Bailey also because I feel like it just creates too much of a cluster when you have, like, if you have Alexa and, and Nikki win, like, what do you really do with that title belt from there? Like, I just feel like it's too convoluted. So I'm going to go with Bailey also. But this is actually a tough one to, to call, to be honest. Let, let's fantasy book for a second. You know, they've been leaning really, really hard in the fact that, oh, Bailey, you don't have any friends. All your friends have abandoned oh, you. Yeah, You've been sure. Leaning really hard into that, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, it is a two-on-one. Bailey is not. She's not. Uh, she's not uh, Roman Reigns. You know, she can't fight off two people at once. You know, 
I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised. We've been, you know, the rumor's been circulating. WWE and Sasha Banks have come to an agreement. She'll be back soon. She just needs to some, you know, a few more days off, kind of thing. The buzz is starting. I think Sasha's gonna come back, but you know, I would. Sasha comes back. She helps Bailey win the title. But she kicks the shit out of Bailey. That'd be great. That really would. Because that's honestly, that's your SummerSlam. That's your SummerSlam match. That's a SummerSlam match right there. Sasha and Bailey, the uh, you know the Iron Women, Sasha and Bailey, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a SummerSlam match right there. Well, and we never got that payoff from like you know I feel like it was years ago already. Maybe it was like a year or so ago when like they were building towards that, and then it was like they went to like. Like couples therapy, essentially. It was like, what? That was last year. That yeah. That was last year. Yeah, we don't have to revisit that. <laughs> we won't. It, it makes me mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll go with Bailey also. Um, but I, I do think that what you just, what you just said is, is very, very possible. And one more thing that I'll mention, because you might, you touched on it as well, with these technically being, you know, Alexa and Nikki technically being, I'm air quoting here, raw superstars. Versus the SmackDown superstar on Bailey, like I feel like they shouldn't be cross pollinating those titles, but at the same time, like what does this brand split actually even mean at this point? I don't know who's on what brand, anyways, for the most part. So like, I don't know, man. The term, the words "wild card" <sighs> has been have been used at a bare minimum now. They have, they, yeah. They practically don't. Before, when it started, the minute that it that a cross brand star appeared, wild card rules in effect. They don't say that anymore. Yeah. Why? Because the because now it's just porous. It's just there's just holes in it, and everything is running through. I swear, man, the brand split is effectively dead. It's just it. It's not going to be. It'll be interesting to see. The confirmation of this will happen at Survivor Series. Oh sure, yeah. Once we get to the only night where W, where Raw and SmackDown superstars face each other, I'm really looking forward to see how it's going to be spun this year. Yeah, I, dude, you are. I'm. I'm gonna put you over a little bit, Warren. Like, it's very rare that I get someone on my show that like is literally saying what I'm thinking. Where I'm like, <laughs> well, like seriously, like, which is a great thing because it's like. Every time that they would say that year after year, I would always bitch about it on Twitter if it ever happened outside of the Survivor Series. I'd, I'd be on Twitter going, mm, okay, well, we got someone for Swap or someone for SmackDown. I thought the only time a year this happened was at Survivor yeah. Series. And I was thinking I'm on the same same wavelength as you, man. Like, what are they going to do when that comes around? Because that might just be the confirmation of all of it. Like you said, we might get a Survivor Series. They don't even mention that. They're just like, well, this, these are just the matches that happened because we're WWE, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? And it'll, it'll be really interesting to see what they do at that once we get to that time of year. Very true. Very true. Uh, all right, moving on. We have a WWE Championship match. We have Kofi Kingston defending the title against Samoa Joe. I mean, I feel like I have to go with Kofi Kingston. I, I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer. But man, I would love to see Samoa Joe. I really would love to see him get that get that big win. But I feel like this is never gonna come for him in the WWE. I, unfortunately, like, and it has nothing to do with Joe. It has nothing to do with his talent. 
and even the, there's so many people that support him within that company. Like there, are, I've heard Paul Heyman talk about it a trillion times. Where like Samoa Joe is the most credible guy that they have. I mean, maybe outside of Brock Lesnar, but you, you know, you got this guy who everybody respects from every company. You talk to people who work for Ring of Honor or or Impact or anywhere that he's been before, or even talk like people like Eric Bischoff, people who are bookers, people who are promoters. Every single person will say Samoa Joe is a badass and he is a main eventer. Even Chris Jericho recently, who works for AEW, did a recent podcast where he was saying, man, how have they not given Joe the world championship? Like, Joe's as legit as it gets. But the one guy who has to make that call is Vincent Mann. And for whatever reason, he just won't go all the way with him. So I've got to go with Kofi. And that's not a bad thing. Kofi has had a great championship run and I'd like to see it continue. So I'm, I'm totally fine with that. The only downer for me is like, man, it's it's almost, and it goes back a long way. Back when Joe had that one-on-one with Brock Lesnar, I feel like that could have made him. Like if he would have mm-hmm. went in there and he would have somehow taken out Brock, put him in that rear naked choke and, 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 and even, you know, cause they could have made both guys look good. That all being said, that's a long roundabout way of saying, you know, I am going to take Kofi Kingston to win. I think it's going to be a great match. But to your point with the buildup, the one thing that really irks me about this is this dude just got beat for the U.S. Championship. Why? Like, how did he become the number one contender immediately coming off of that loss? Like, that does bother me a little bit as somebody who's like a big MMA fan that's really big on like wins and losses and that kind of stuff mattering. Mm -hmm. But I'm not mad about this match because I think it's going to be a good match. So I'm taking Kofi Kingston. What do you got, Warren? I'm going with Samoa Joe. You're going with Samoa Joe. Okay. I I didn't expect to hear that. Let's hear yeah. your thoughts. Um, I think I think the person who takes the title from Kofi Kingston has to be the vilest, most disgusting human being possible. And when you when you said to your point, when you said that Samoa Joe is the most credible guy in the company that they have. He's credible on all levels. Despite the fact that he has a losing pay-per-view record and a massive losing pay-per-view record in WWE, they still put him in these situations against AJ Styles, against Roman Reigns, where he's menacing, he cuts those crazy promos that sends shivers down your spine. You know, when he whispered into uh, Paul Heyman's ear saying, I'm going to hurt you now. You remember that? During yep. His feud with Brock Lesnar. The, uh, Daddy's home with AJ Styles. These, we buy this guy as a sociopath. He just wants to hurt people. That's all he wants to do. He wants to crush people. So he's going, he's credible as an opponent, as a threat, a, a legitimate threat to Kofi Kingston's title. Not Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, sure. Samoa Joe will legitimately take pleasure in making you cry because Kofi lost the title. And then, what does that do? It gives you a perfect setup for a really exciting SummerSlam match 
where Kofi does whatever it takes to get the title back. Now, this is not a situation where I feel like, oh, Kofi chasing the title is more interesting. God damn, they have booked Kofi Kingston so well. He is fantastic. His run as champion has probably been the best of either either belt in, over the past 18 months. Oh, I agree. A thousand percent. Uh, I, I Maybe AJ, but AJ wasn't as exciting as Kofi. You know what I mean? For sure. A- AJ had a great had a great run, but there were moments where he was really, really dry, you know? Um, Kofi has just been really entertaining, fun to watch, great matches, consistently great matches. Why? If this is the moment where we finally pull the trigger <clears throat> on Samoa Joe, you give him the biggest win that anyone could possibly have, Ending Kofi Kingston's not his undefeated streak since WrestleMania, unless you you count that one pin in the two out of three falls matches against Ziggler a couple of weeks ago. But I don't count that because it's bullshit. Yeah, that's like um, a commercial break scenario, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, have him bring the fairy tale to an end, and it works. When you think about it, it's it's it it makes sense. For, for Joe to win, because like you said, on top of that, he just lost the title a couple of weeks ago. Why? Why would he lose the title if it isn't to get another one? And I'll even argue on top of that, SmackDown, if we're still talking about brand splits, SmackDown is in dire need of a real big heel. It's not Shane McMahon, guys. Oh, yeah. no, 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 despite no. despite what they what they lead us to believe, Kevin Owens could have been that guy, but they're they flipped him. Who's your Who's your monster heel on on SmackDown? Who is your top heel on SmackDown? It's not Elias either, right? You know, yeah, I'm with you, man. That's very interesting. I did not. I'm gonna be honest. I did not expect you to take Samoa Joe. I really didn't. I I think Kofi's going to retain, but my prediction, I there's just too much compelling, there's too much compelling uh, 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 um, uh, uh, arguments to be made for Samoa Joe pulling it out and winning. Because then because then I look at the rest of the card as well, and we'll we'll get we'll get to it like the upper echelons of the card, and I don't see. That means all your baby faces would win again, right? Yeah. That's you know, we already have Bailey winning. Like, I, I think that's the most plausible situation. Bailey's going to win. We're going to talk about the two others in the two other matches. I think that the baby faces are winning as well. I, you know, and it just make it it just make it interesting, and give us a hell of a match for SummerSlam. That's yeah, that's super interesting. Um. Do you think that there's any chance that Brock catches in on Kofi? No. Okay, just because, just curious. because because uh, because there's nothing to do for Seth. Yeah. There's nothing to do for Seth. Man, you got me thinking a lot now, Warren. You got me really, <laughs> you got me really thinking a lot now. 
Um, but I like it. I like that. I think that's the first uh, pick that we've actually picked against each other on this whole show so far, also. So, um, yeah, I think so. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, up next, we have a no holds barred tag team match. The team of The Undertaker and Roman Reigns taking on Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Uh, Warren, it's on you for your pick first. Uh, <laughs> it's on you! Oh, is no, it on me? This match is not on me. Is it on me? Is it on me? No, no, but I'm, this oh. match is on you. Oh, on oh, oh, because I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah. um, dude, I, I mean, I'll give you my thoughts afterwards. I want to hear, hear your thoughts on this first, and then I'll, I'll chime in with how I'm, how I'm feeling about this. I don't care. I don't care about either main event, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but, uh, this, this is, I mean, we're retreading water. It's so boring. This is stuff that's been going on, uh, since WrestleMania, essentially, since WrestleMania has been done. Uh, it has to be short. That's the only saving grace of this match. It has to be short. Roman has to take, uh, has to take a beating. Uh, Undertaker has to come in for three minutes of offense to effectively murder everyone. Shane has to tombstone uh shane mcmahon and that's it and we're done if this goes over 10 minutes it is a disaster waiting to happen yeah i'm with you do you think there's any chance that like we get some sort of turn like we finally get the roman reigns heel turn or like the undertaker maybe sides with mcmahon for something like i because I, it just this match just doesn't make sense to me like like I mean, I get Shane and Drew teaming because they've been doing that. I don't understand this whole Undertaker, like, coming to help Roman and all that stuff. You know, it's just we. It's just very bizarre to me. He, he never asked for my help. <laughs> I just don't like Shane McMahon. Shane at Hell in a Cell years ago. Your <laughs> that that was that's his motivation, right? Yeah, but it's so the only cheesy. thing I'm terrified of, the really thing that uh, that I'm terrified of, is uh, is um, is that somehow this leads into Roman Reigns versus Undertaker two because yeah. Taker says I've. You didn't retire me, boy. It is still my yard. You know? And that's the only thing that is scaring the bejeebus out of me right here. But yeah. otherwise, the baby faces go over. I But we're not done with Shane McMahon because they're positioning Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. I think Kevin is going to interfere here on some level. I really do. That's a good um, point. Because, because I, he's I, not you know, on the show. Kind of giving him the... the the um, the loose cannon angle here, which I think works perfectly for him. It's a natural fit. It works super well. But uh, yeah, for those of us hoping that this is the end of Shane Shane McMahon, it won't be. Right. We're still gonna have him. But look, the match in and about itself, it it has to stay under ten minutes. If it's an eight minute match, we'll be blessed. Uh, and and you know. Roman, Drew, they can work a fast-paced match, you know, and Drew and Shane, if they tag in and out a lot and they get some cheap offense in, you know, they can just beat the shit out of Roman for, like, six minutes, and the last two minutes is Undertaker just 
you know, striking everyone, tombstone, that's it. I'm I'm really crying. If it's it, it, it has to be a fast match. Otherwise, we're in trouble. There yeah, I mean, you would you would imagine that you know, the the decision makers in the WWE, you know, they saw that Undertaker Goldberg match and they were like, okay, like we, because that match should have been about two minutes long. Like that should have just been literally spears, choke slams, tombstones, maybe a jackhammer that you don't drop, you know, Undertaker on his head, and and that's it. Um, but instead they dragged it out, and and by the end of the match, it, it was just embarrassing for everybody involved. It was it was. Yeah hard to watch and I have so much respect for the Undertaker like he's you know as as all wrestling fans do like I mean we grew up on this guy he has been he was WWE through and through and he's he's provided so many great moments but at this point in, in his career I have I hate to say it I have no interest in watching him wrestle anymore I just I just don't um and it's well, like yeah he he he's broken. Like he's basically he's bionic at this point. Yeah. You you know he's had you know his he you know he has it's not his hips anymore. Uh, his his knees have been had countless amounts of surgery. His neck, you know he's he's a shell of of who he is yeah. of who he once was. That's normal at 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 his stage at the the level he was performing the stuff he was doing at the size he was. It was inevitable. He's a smart guy. He knew he knew what he was getting himself into. At this stage, this is nostalgia. This is WWE pulling the trigger on Undertaker because oh, the ratings are failing, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, like uh, let the warrior have his rest at this point. Uh, there's there's no there, there's nothing exciting to seeing the Undertaker in the ring anymore. And seeing that it's a no holds barred match, there's no disqualification, you know, basically either. You know what's going to happen. They're going to lay out Undertaker early on, and he's going to spend the entirety of the match, like, uh, passed out on the mat until he does a sit-up. Right. And everyone's going to pop, and he's going to jump up on the side of the ring on the apron to get the hot tag from Roman, and, and then he'll win the match. That's essentially how this match is going to be booked. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. And, and I'll even say, like, I'm... I'm really with you on the fear that this is going to build towards another Undertaker Reigns match because I was there live in Orlando for their main event at WrestleMania 33. Oh, yeah. And I I thought it was a terrible match. Like, I didn't... Yeah, I wasn't... Inter- especially the ending where it's like, you're just going to let Roman Reigns run past you three times and just keep hitting the ropes. You're not going to do anything about it. Just literally watch him go back and forth and then hit you with a spear for this then this match. And, oh man, it was tough. That was the first time I think I really, it really hit me that I was like, oh, this just, this just isn't the same guy anymore. And then the exclamation point was just bam at, at that most recent match with Goldberg where I'm like, oh no, oh no. Um, I am going to take Undertaker and Reigns to win the match because I feel like they, they have to win. I, I just don't see the WWE having them lose this. Uh, I, I just have such low expectations. Part of me is almost sad for Drew McIntyre because this dude's like, he can, this guy can be your world champion if you booked him correctly, and, and instead he's doing this stuff. It's kind of, it's a bummer, you know. And 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 I'm glad you brought you brought that up because the the you have to end this for Drew. You have to end this for Drew. You have to get Drew out of this perpetual Roman Reigns cycle that he's in. 
and you have to just give them anything. Just give them anything else. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, that leads us to our main event, which is another match I'm not looking forward to. Um, this is another bummer. This is, all right, this is called the Last Chance Winners Take All Mixed Tag Team Extreme Rules Match. Jesus Christ. Uh, for both the WWE Universal Champion, I was halfway through the name, for both the WWE Universal Championship and WWE Raw Women's Championship. We have Seth Rollins, who is the male Universal Champion, and we have Becky Lynch, who is the man, but known as the Women's Champion, against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, two performers who have had multiple championships and failed at every single opportunity up to this point. Um, the stipulations, for those of you who might be late to the party, are that if Baron Corbin or Lacey Evans gets the pinfall victory, they both become champions in this winner-take-all match. Um, now, I'll say this. Um, Seth Rollins, in my opinion, he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, technically speaking, he's great in the ring. I'm okay with him on the microphone. He, he's a, I mean, I was a fan of Tyler Black and Ring of Honor... In fact, one of my favorite matches ever, and I feel like it's an underrated kind of overlooked match, he had some matches with Davey Richards in Ring of Honor that really, really blew me away back when I was in college. That, that's when I was back in college, and I was, I was streaming this stuff and finding it wherever I could. I would find matches on, like, I mean, allegedly speaking. I might have, might have used some, some P2P file sharing programs, you know, that may or may not have been, you know, the best thing, you know, like LimeWire and Kazaa and that kind of stuff. But I would find this stuff however I could. And Seth Rollins, Howard Black at the time, was one of those dudes that I was like, oh man, this guy, like, I don't know if I've ever really seen something like this before. And Becky Lynch, on a hot streak, you know, really, really, really hot during WrestleMania season. I'm not a huge fan of the, the Rollins-Becky on-screen stuff. I, I think it kind of, it, it's kind of awkward to me seeing it. Um, and then you got Baron Corbin, Lacey Evans, two people that the fans are just rejecting left and right. Baron Corbin, who even the young bucks on being the elite this past week, like they're literally calling him X-Pac on the show. Like, you know, we're, we're at a point and I'm an X-Pac fan just for what it's worth. I, I was a big Sean Walton guy, but the term of course, meaning this is a guy who, when he gets on screen, you don't boo him because you dislike his heel character. You just change the channel because you're like, this is, we don't, I don't care about this guy. Lacey Evans, she's shown some, some hints of brilliance, in my opinion, in certain scenarios. She does that, that cool, um, kind of Kevin Steen style moonsault where she jumps from like the middle turnbuckle, turns around, does the moonsault, does some pretty good stuff. Um, I think she is pretty over as a character. Like fans really, really dislike her. She's good on the microphone. There are there are pros to, to Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. The problem is neither should be champion, in my opinion. And they're both in this mix where they're the... I'm assuming they're going to be the main event. And if if for some... If somehow, some way, Lacey pins Becky or Baron pins Seth, and I don't know if they would even do something as... I know that the rules don't work this way, but it is a extreme rules match. Like... What if Baron pinned Becky? Like, I don't know if that's, like, a thing that they would just be like, hey, this is part of the rules. Like, Baron pinned Becky. Like, and they both... I just don't know. My prediction is Seth and Becky win because I just can't imagine 
I just can't imagine a world where Baron Corbin is their world champion right now. So I have to go with them. But it wouldn't surprise me. It just it wouldn't surprise me if they just, if they just said, yeah, you know, AEW's got all this buzz. You know, people are watching wrestling. People are getting back into it. The in-ring work. Well, you know what? We're going to do the exact opposite of that and rub it in their faces and throw this on Baron Corbin. I think it'd be a terrible idea, but I'm taking Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. What do you think, Warren? <clears throat> Um, I think I think Baron Corbin is uh, currently the the uh, he's the worst heel that they have in the company, and 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 you can you can tell that he has X Pac heat because th- this is a thing that a lot of a lot of fans have difficulty um, sifting through. Coming out and being booed is one thing, right? But we saw it at Stomping Grounds. Sure, he comes out and people will, look, he came out at Raw and the audience wouldn't let him talk. That's heat, man. Heat, if you have proper heat, it carries on to a match and people will want to boo you during the match. During the main event with Seth Rollins, it was dead. It was dead. No one cared about it because he doesn't have real heat. He has, oh no, not this guy. So that's fine. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to pull out the main event cravat. That's all I'm hoping. <laughs> Give us a good old fashioned rest hold during the main event. That's what I'm excited for. Lacey Evans gets a bad rap, I find yeah. from from a lot of fans. Uh, she, I, she's a fantastic character. Yeah, she really is. Uh, I I was very iffy on her in NXT, but I I maintaining the, the tapes are there to prove it. I always said uh, Lacey Evans will be fine character wise on me. She that the Lacey Evans character will work on me, but it's even it's even more precise and and um, uh, 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 well thought out on Main as opposed to on NXT where she was still very much looking for each other, for herself. She she didn't have a grasp of her character. Since she's been on Maine, it's been a whole other story. And I'm like, wow, okay. She's really, she knows who she is on Maine. She, the, Becky, I'm, I'm going to Becky, but I'm going to circle back around to Lacey. Becky has a lot of fantastic qualities. She's an explosive wrestler. She, uh, she, she has great brawling skills. She can adapt really easy, easily uh, in in, um, in 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 rest in matches as well. But she also needs to work with someone who knows what they're doing. Yes. I don't think Becky, and not necessarily a knock on her, because I I I really really dig Becky Lynch. She. Objectively speaking, she she's not the type of wrestler who can carry another wrestler. Not yet. Like yeah. Charlotte could. Like Charlotte can do Char- that. Exactly. Right. Right. Her matches with Charlotte were stellar because they have chemistry. They both know what they're doing, and they can work really well. But and if Charlotte fucks up, Charlotte can recuperate. And if Becky if Becky fucks up, Charlotte can hide it. That's just how. That's just the nature of how they work together. Um, Lacey's not at that level either, so 
their lack of chemistry is glaring. We've seen we've seen the we've seen the hesitation spots and the botches and the the punches to the jaw. We've all seen those things happen and it's not necessarily on Lacey because Lacey was put into this position a little before she was ready, a lot before she was ready. Yeah. Becky is not uh, Becky can't work with someone who's still so green. If you had to put her there with a Sasha or even an Alexa, probably would have been a whole other story. <clears throat> but um, Lacey, Lacey has been put in an un, she's put been put in an ungrateful situation. As far as her character, her career goes, she couldn't ask for a better positioning coming into the company. Hell, being put right up in the main event against Becky Lynch, the hottest property in the company. Couldn't ask for anything better, but it's still a very ungrateful situation in which she was put. And I wish a lot of fans would give her some leniency. This is very much unlike Anaya Jax, who has had years up there to just learn how to properly do a leg drop without crushing someone's face. Without sitting on someone's head, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, we have two people that we don't see as credible on the main event and who don't, who aren't ready to carry, well, Lacey's not ready to be women's champion and Barrett is not main event material. And, and and at this stage, I don't think he ever will be perceived as credible main event material. Even as, even into his ring gear, like why is he still dressing like he's the the acting Raw general manager? It doesn't make I, any sense. I like to think he has. I like to think he wakes up in the morning, and he just, like he opens his closet, and that's all he has. <laughs> Because he spent all his money on these vests and slacks. And now since he lost the GM job, well, his paycheck took a cut. And he doesn't have the money anymore to go buy new clothes because he has to pay for that Maserati that he has, you know, in his Rolex watch that he... That he's been flexing, that he flexed last year, you know? Well, that'd be cool if they ever, like, explained it that way. Like, that would make total... Like, that would actually yeah. be like, oh, oh, that would actually give... I know you're like joking around, but that would actually give a reason that fans would actually kind of get behind. I feel like if if they explained exactly that to people, that he's just pathetic. He <laughs> wakes up and he's like thinking of oh his past glory days, you know. Right. That's, he's just trying to relive when he had power, you know. Oh my gosh! But so, look, look, I look. I'm not. I'm. This uh, this has all the signs of being a train wreck, which is quite unfortunate. Um, and uh, it's also, you know, it's also classic WWE. A few months ago, they tweet out, or was it them or was it Seth? I don't remember. I think it was Seth Rollins who tweeted out the picture of him and Becky kissing. It wasn't think, even on the main account, right? I, I think I think Becky was the first person to put anything out there. It might have been on Instagram, but it was like, but that that black and white picture. Yeah, of him kissing. yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't about. on the main. It wasn't on the main account. Right. right. It was. It was one of their personal. Rumors. There were rumors swirling, but it wasn't put on the main account. And it was either Seth or Becky. I don't remember. And 
and everyone lost their shit, right? And understandably so. Everyone was like, it's true, they're dating, right? Blows up the internet, basically. So this is classic WWE where they see something that they weren't expecting get traction, and they're like, hey, we could milk this. We could we could talk about, we could send them on red carpets together. We could have them do talk shows together. So let's have them have a match together. It had that picture never been posted, Stephen. Had it had it just remained on the level of rumor or you know just like commentary mentioning it offhandedly, we would have never had this match. But here, here they. WWE saw and measured the reaction to the picture to everyone going, oh, this is so cool. This doesn't bet the earth thing. Now they're just driving it. You know? And, you know, I I dig the I dig Becky and Seth as a couple. I really do. And I, you know, most of the time when people are on my timeline and I talk about, oh, I'm so sick of them. And I'm, I'm so sick of Seth and Becky. I'm like, yeah, get Seth. Get some good things in your life, you joyless fucks. <laughs> Come on, get this thing. At least have a moment where you're like, this is nice. This is actually nice, you know? Sure. But it, it's, this, is, this is a perfect example of WWE just, just stuffing it down our throats because they saw an opening. They saw a possibility to get some, to get some PR. That's what they're getting. They're, man, they're just driving it hard. Way too hard. Yeah, yeah. So do you, Did I give you my prediction? It's Seth and Becky. Okay, yeah, that was my next question. I, I, figured, I figured that that, that it was. And I don't know if... Uh, I don't know where they were. I know the, uh, the MMA award, or the ESPN award, I guess the ESPYs or whatever. ESPYs, yeah. That would j- j- happen tonight, I believe. Um, because I know Daniel Cormier won MMA Fighter of the Year. I saw that go out. And I don't know if Becky and Seth were there, but I saw a quote from Becky basically saying, like, she wants to fight in MMA, essentially. And, I mean, that'd, that'd be kind of interesting. I don't know how that doesn't go any scenario other than with CM Punk accomplished in the UFC. I don't, I don't think it's a great idea. But, you know, but that being said, like, Becky and Seth are making the, like you mentioned, they're making those public appearances together and doing these interviews and doing these red carpets and that's to your point. And they're so, but they're so, I mean, they're so good at it. Right. Seth, Seth, Seth can can talk and he's charismatic. Like he's been on ESPN talking about football, right? Like he, he, he's, he's fantastic. Becky is super charismatic and she's, she's so relatable and likable. Like they're, they're perfect for that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, you don't necessarily have to drive it so hard to uh, on us WWE within your product. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is essentially it. This is just capitalizing off the relationship. That's all it is. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Well, those are all the matches, Warren. Uh, we are we've gotten through Extreme Rules. Um, before we get out of here, I obviously want to thank you for joining me, spending so much time with me today. I know we did this late, so it's very much appreciated. Um, I'll have it up for everyone to listen to tomorrow, probably morning, afternoon time. 
Uh, but before we get out of here, please let everybody know where they can follow you and plug anything that you like to, man. Uh, well, you can I, I you can follow me on YouTube. That's my main source of activity. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That's M-R Warren Hayes. Uh, I, I'm starting up a new formula for my, for my recap show, uh, which is starting this, this Thursday. Uh, I'll be doing uh, shows on Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern, recapping Raw, SmackDown, and all sorts of other great stuff happening in wrestling as well. Uh, I also do stuff on Fightful. Uh, I do uh, post-show, uh, post-pay-per-view recaps once in a while when Sean wants me there. <laughs> and uh, also I do a 205 Live NXT NXT recap show on Fightful Select, the premium service, which uh, I, 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 a space I share with with Mr. Jensen here. So you can check that out as well and follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Warren. And I'll thank be you. talking to you soon, man. Yeah, and thank you so much, uh, Stephen, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. And I hope we get to do this again. Absolutely. Hey, one of these days, I'd be happy to come on your show, man, on your YouTube. If you ever want to have a, a co-pilot for an episode, just let me know, man. You got it. Absolutely. Awesome. Have a good night, Warren. Thank you, man. All right, everyone. Once again, that was Mr. Warren Hayes. Thank you so much to Warren for joining the show. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you know, Podbean, wherever, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whatever platform you use, please subscribe. It helps out a lot. If you hit the five-star rating or whatever rating system that's available to you, give me a good rating, leave a review. It helps the podcast out so much. I know I say that all the time, but that is the truth. Also, make sure to give me a follow over on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. I have, you know, a Facebook group. I've got a whole bunch of different stuff going on, but I always make sure to update my Twitter to let you guys know what's what's happening and what's, you know, what the stuff I'm working on. So, um, of course, I do the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. Me and Warren talk about that a bit over at FightfulSelect.com. I cover all the stuff going on outside of the WWE. I also do all the social media for MMA on Point, so you can check us out on Instagram at MMA on Point, Twitter at OnPointMMA. And of course, the YouTube channel is MMA on Point. I've been doing more video editing over there for them. And, uh, you know, I've written some lists that have become videos and stuff like that. So um, please make sure to check that out because I honestly believe that what we do over at MMA on Point is the best MMA content that you can find on the Internet. And I know that's a a very strong statement to make, but I truly believe it. Uh, I also, you know write some articles here and there for Sobros Network. So that's SobrosNetwork.com. I recently put up a top 10 AEW power rankings list. Uh, so if you want to check that out, it's available right now. And if you want to see me play some video games, I do that here and there as well. That's a Twitch. So twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. Merchandise available at whatamaneuver.net. So if you jump on whatamaneuver.net, any t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, whatever you buy on there, that money goes directly back into this podcast and the other stuff I'm involved with. So any money you spend just gets recycled right back into what you're hearing now. Helps me, you know, book guests, get better equipment, spend more time, you know, playing video games on Twitch for you guys, reviewing shows, all that good stuff. That isn't money that's, you know, going to make me rich. Nothing like that. That's not the point. It's just something to make it better for everybody involved and to maybe, you know, help out kind of our little community we have of wrestling and MMA fans. So, Once again, that merchandise is available at whatamaneuver.net. 
I may be forgetting some stuff. I don't know. But once again, Twitter at Fightalk underscore. I always keep everything updated there. So that's kind of the, the hub to check everything out and stay up to date. I also want to give another shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They are the featured sponsor on all of the pick'em con or all the uh, previews, all the predictions that I do for their pick'em contests. And once again, their prize list for the Extreme Rules contest is first place gets five hundred dollars, second and third both get one hundred dollars, fourth and fifth both get fifty dollars, and then sixth through tenth get free entries for NXT Takeover Toronto, SummerSlam, and AEW All Out. So definitely jump on WrestleRumble.com right now take place in the contest, you won't regret it. It's so much fun Like to you know make money sitting on your couch as a wrestling fan, predicting things that you already know. Like You can, you, you might have heard me and Warren just then talking about our picks, and you're sitting there going, hey, I'm going to take those. Those sounded pretty good. Or you might have your own picks and be like, those guys are idiots. Like I'm going to take all the opposites of what they just said. But on top of just picking winners and losers, they have a whole bunch of other questions that make it a lot of fun on the website. So... Um, everything that you can imagine. I don't know the, the questions yet for this pick'em, but generally you'll see things like, you know, will announce table break during a certain match? You know, how long will matches go? Um, who will take the pinfall in a tag team match? Who will get the pinfall? Or will it be a submission? Or will there be a, a countout or a DQ? And a whole bunch of different possibilities. And, you know, you can win a lot of money over there at WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to follow them on Twitter as well at Russell Rumble to stay up to date with all their contests. And also want to give a shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. If you want to get trained in boxing, whether it's just to get in shape or, you know, to lose a little bit of weight or because you actually want to fight some people, you know, I'm not advocating fighting people on the streets or anything like that, but if you want to get into boxing, start competing or even MMA, whatever it is, um, you can check him out on Instagram. That's the best way to get in contact with him. He has a new handle. Uh, it is very simple. It's Boxing ATL. So make sure to follow Brian Jensen at Boxing ATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he'll meet you in person. If you're not, he'll work something out with you online, remotely. So even if you're in on the other side of the country or you're in another country altogether, maybe you're Canadian like Mr. Warren Hayes is. Maybe, uh, you know... Maybe you live in Russia or whatever. You listen to this show. Brian can still help you out. He'll put together a plan for you and help you reach your goals. So get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. That all being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. I don't know what will be next, but either way, I'll be back soon.